0: For the first time in my life, felt that runner's high, which I thought forever. These people who are runners and talk about a runner's high are just—they're just full of it. Diz Runs Radio episode
1: 816 starts in three, two. Welcome back to Diz Runs Radio, where I talk with runners from all corners of the running world about running life and everything in between. I'm your host, Denny Cray, and it's just about time to head out the door for an easy run and a great conversation. So if you're ready, then I'm ready. Let's get started. Hey guys, uh this year 2020 i am uh, pleased to announce should have announced this about a month ago but you know sometimes sometimes it takes me a minute to get with the program that uh, i am officially a part of the uh, team head sweats the head sweats ambassador group and if you haven't heard about head sweats before that it's a hat company mostly a hat company they do some other things as well I've got some shirts and some different gear and some swag and things like that but various hats visors running hats uh, trucker hats uh, obviously visors beanies the whole nine yards um all high quality uh really stylish, really comfortable, definitely uh, happy to be part of the team. And uh, if you're looking to up your hat game in 2020, I got a deal for you that not only helps you, but it helps me as well. Everybody, It's one of those everybody wins situations because I'm also, in addition to being part of the ambassador crew, I'm also an affiliate for Head Sweats, which means that anytime you buy anything using my link, uh, it sends a little commission back my way and it doesn't cost you anything extra at all, uh, but, not, but, but I, I can do you one better. Not only does it not cost you extra, if you use... My code, which is Dizruns35, Dizruns35, you'll save 35% at checkout as well. So way to do this head over to disruns.com slash head sweats we'll have a link in the show notes as well but uh just like it sounds head sweats disruns.com slash head sweats that'll direct you right to what looks like the normal head sweats homepage. uh but it's got my little code attached into it somewhere in the back end and then you know shop to your heart's content get yourself a new visor a new trucker a new uh whatever a new beanie if you're still uh you know out and about skiing and snowboarding and whatnot since this is still uh winter months in parts of the country get yourself whatever you need shop till you drop. Like I said, and then at checkout, make sure you use the code DisRuns 35. Not that I get anything extra from that, but just shoot, save yourself 35%. Uh, all my, my commission comes out of using Disruns.com runs.com slash head sweats. Uh, but then, you know, get your, get your 35% off at checkout. And then, uh, you know, I'll get a few coins in the bank account. You'll get a new hat or two or few um, and everybody wins, right? So dizrunscom slash head sweats shop to your heart's content and stay tuned because I might try to get a little uh, dizruns hat or visor or something like that along the way as well because you can, you can create your own on there. I don't know what the price point is though. You got to look into that first, but at least now get yourself started on your new, an uh, up in your hat game in 2020 and beyond using the code uh, dizruns 35 at checkout at uh, dizrunscom slash head sweats. So now all of that out of the way. Let's go ahead and dive in to today's episode of the show. Hey, guys. My uh, guest today is a lover of the outdoors and a good adventure, whether that's running an ultra, doing a multi-day hike, mountain biking, whatever it is, as long as it's outside and in some beautiful scenery, uh, and even around the world, that's uh, that's kind of his his place to be. Uh, today's guest is also a part of the team over at runrepeat.com, and uh, they recently published a, a really uh, incredibly in-depth review of the state of ultra running, uh, and they went through and analyzed the results of, like, some, you know, over five million runners, uh, more than fifteen thousand races from around the world. So uh, when I say in depth, I mean uh, in depth. And so needless to say, we're probably gonna maybe geek out on the numbers a little bit, talk a little bit about that uh, that study and and kind of the state of ultra running. Um, and a whole who, who knows what else. But uh, we'll just go ahead and, and get the party started by officially wel- welcoming Mr. Paul Ronto to the show. Uh, thanks for joining us today, Paul. Really appreciate it.
0: Yeah, of course. Thanks for having me. I uh, I'm excited to be here and, and chat about some of the stuff we're doing at Run Repeat and talk about my you know the passions we obviously both have for running.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And guys, if you want to check out more of, of what's going on over at Run Repeat, um, RunRepeat.com. Pretty easy to find. Not a whole lot on social media though. So RunRepeat.com is the website. Um, and of course, there's a link to the uh, to the uh, state of running. Uh, State of ultra running, which, you know, I mean, it's like disruns.com or not disruns. It's runrepeat.com slash state dash of dash ultra dash running. But we'll have it linked up real easy. So you can just click it over at disruns.com slash 816. That way you don't have to remember all the dashes and the spaces and the slashes and all that good stuff. Uh, Make it real easy. Disruns.com slash 816. Links to everything we talk about today. Photos, the whole nine, just like we always do. Uh, Disruns.com slash 816. So, uh, Paul, the way we always start off each episode of the show... Uh, is with a very simple question that for some people it's a simple, it's a simple question. Of course, so sometimes it's a simple answer, sometimes, uh, not so much, but, uh, just have to, have to ask and be curious to, to kind of find out a little bit more about you. Uh, what is your favorite distance to race and why?
0: Yeah, um, this is a good question. You know, uh, to be honest, I'm i I'm a marathoner. I've done six or seven marathons at this point. I really like that distance. It's more challenging. It's more commitment than a half marathon. Uh, you know, at this point, a half marathon is is something that uh, is, is like a training run. You know, it's like uh, going out for a 10 to 13 mile run on a Saturday morning. Uh, and so a marathon is a little bit more challenging. Um, I, You know, we did this piece on ultra running. I've done an ultra. I've done a 24 hour race. And uh, I, I think that those are really fun but man, they are, uh, they are commitment. And, uh, and so I like the, you know, I really, I'm, I'm pretty happy at the marathon distance. It's like, it's hard enough that it's, you got to really train for it and take it seriously. But, uh, the day of the race, you know, you're going to be done in three and a half, four, maybe four and a half hours. And it's not uh, something that you're going to slog through for 24 hours. And, uh, and at some point have a maybe a mental breakdown or maybe a body breakdown. And so that I I really like the, the marathon distance myself.
1: Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, it's it's uh I think that's probably my favorite distance too. And and yeah, I, I, I always um am a little bit in awe or a little bit flabbergasted when I when I hear the 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 diehard ultra folks that I've had on the show where it's like, yeah, you know, a hundred miles is like my favorite distance because you get to watch the sun up and then you get to watch the sun go down and you get to watch the sun come up again. Um and I'm just like, <laughs> my gosh, that is that is just that's a lot of running to to be out there for that long.
0: Yeah, it's uh, it's a lot of running. I mean, um I think that there's a lot of things that happen at those hundred mile races. Emotionally, that a lot of people don't see. Uh, And, you know, yeah, sure, you get to see the sun up and sun go down, and then maybe it comes up again. But there's some real ups and downs in, in the feelings you have as you're at mile 50 and 60 and 70 and and wondering why the hell you're out there. And so, uh, I, you know, I think it's an awesome accomplishment and I think it's something that everyone should try going longer and further. But uh, it's there's some things that you don't see. It's not just about the fun. It's about there, there's some growth happening out there that uh, can be hard to go through, I think, as well.
1: Yeah, totally, totally agree. Although to be fair, I would say that there's been, there's been times over 26.2 miles where I've, I've questioned why the hell am I out, am I out here and had some ups and downs along the way as well. So, you know, I guess to, to ease yeah. their own, as far as the distance, you can still have those struggles no matter what distance you're running.
0: Yeah, yeah, you're right. I mean, I'm, I'm the same way. I mean, I, you know, I've hit 22 miles on ed every marathon and wondered how am I going to make this last <laughs> four miles and what am I doing? Uh, and, and ultimately, yeah, I think maybe a half marathon might be a more fun distance if I really got into it because I haven't really felt that that at those distances, but, uh, it just feels like there's a little more I have in my tank at the end of a half marathon that I want to try to push through. And so that's why I still like the challenge of a full marathon.
1: Gotcha. Gotcha. So, uh, how'd you get into running Paul? Is it something that's kind of always been, been a part of your life or, or, you know, how'd you stumble into this, this sport that we all know and love?
0: Um, no, it was not part of my life. I'll, I'll start there. Uh, I actually despised running for a very long time. <clears throat> uh, I was a really competitive soccer player growing up. And I, the days that we had to do run training, I just absolutely uh, feared. I just hated the long runs. We used to have to do a track test in high school to make the, uh, the varsity team. You had to be able to do what was called the Cooper's test. And I don't know if it's a real test or if our coach made it up. But uh, you had to run two miles in 12 minutes to be able to just qualify to be on the team. Mm. And I just dreaded that. Two miles in my mind was just like the furthest run I could ever imagine. And having to do it at at a six-minute mile was a real challenge. And so, you know, I just – I grew up not really liking running. I like to play soccer, and you have to run a lot for that. Um, But I like to run throughout the sport. I got into running after – after college, I, uh, I took an internship with the National Outdoor Leadership School up in Lander, Wyoming. And um, I, uh, I had come back from Lander a little bit overweight. You know, I was living up there as, a, as an intern basically, um, making no money, trying to live out of my car and do that whole Knowles, you know, backpacker, dirt baggy type of lifestyle, save some cash. And so I gained some weight, I, you know, I'd been drinking a lot of beer, and I came back to, uh, to Colorado and got a job at the university <clears throat> and decided I really needed to challenge myself. You know, I was in my, in my mid-twenties, and, uh, and so out of the blue, I signed up for a marathon. It was a bucket list thing that I'd never done before. I had honestly never run, uh, I'd run one half marathon on a whim at one point because uh, a girl I was dating wanted me to do it with her, but <laughs> other than that, I had never really run. And so I signed up for this half marathon and I had a job that, uh, at at the university that really only required me to be there until about two in the afternoon every day. And so I had a ton of free time and it it allowed me to really put in a real training program and, and and focus for six months. And, uh, I lost about 30 pounds and I, uh, I ran that race and it was the fastest marathon I've done was my first marathon. And, uh, I, uh, I, I just really loved the experience of it. You know, it was like, I ran about 600 miles in my training. I, I did it over six months. Uh, it was more running than I had done in my whole life, probably combined, and uh, it it gave me the time and freedom to like be out in the outdoors, relearn the trails, get used to being back in Fort Collins because I'd been in Wyoming for a year, uh, and it, you know it was it was an awesome experience. And so that's kind of what made me fall in love with it. I had like for the first time in my life felt that runner's high which I thought forever these people who are runners and talk about a runner's high are just they're just full of it um but you know it's like once you get into a certain level of fitness that running doesn't just hurt anymore it actually becomes fun and uh and so yeah I, I, I kind of fell in love with it and uh it, it's kind of dictated my career and my life ever since and, and you know over the last 10 years now I've, I've ended up at uh run repeat you know which is running focused I've run a bunch of marathons and I continue to run to this day, and so it's uh, it's really changed my life. You know, honestly, it actually it actually made me meet my wife too. So mm-hmm. that's another story we can talk about later. But uh, it's uh, running has been a, a big a big player in my life in the last uh, you know eight ten years. Gotcha. It's it's kind of funny to me um,
1: how how many people that I've talked to, whether it's on the show, whether it's just you know quote unquote just on social media or in person at races or whatever the case might be, who have a similar situation that, that you did and quite frankly, Paul, that, that I did as well, where running was like the worst thing, you know? Um, but then then for whatever reason, you know, you, you stop playing competitive sports in, in high school, maybe you play a little bit in college, but you stop having that competitive thing that, that running maybe is a, a pretty firm part of. Um, and then, you know, eventually you come around and you kind of realize that, Hey, I can, I can push myself, you know, running the trails, running the roads, whatever the case might be. And all of a sudden, this thing that that you hate becomes, you know, not only something that you enjoy doing, but something that you really look forward to. You you almost need on a regular basis. kind of sounds like that's similar, uh, you know, that that almost need part might be part of of your story as well.
0: Yeah, 100% it's something at this point I need. I mean, back then, I I really didn't love working out. You know, I like playing soccer. I like mountain biking. I like hiking and doing things that were exercise, but they were really more for the – Activity That was fun. It wasn't just exercise and running to me. was like the last thing I would have picked to go do for fun. And, uh, and honestly signing up for a race was like, it was, it wasn't, you know, it was like spending that hundred bucks was like enough motivation to be like, okay, I invested in this. I got to take it seriously. I'm going to go. And so really like signing up for a race pushed me to go do this and throughout the 6 months i've learned to love it and it's honestly changed my habits over the years now you know i, I go to the gym every day mm-hmm. i uh, i run a lot I, and and my my i would say my lifestyle now revolves more around exercising and being fit and being healthy than it did 10 years ago all because running became something that was important in my life
1: yeah ab- absolutely and and again i think a lot of us can can probably relate to that on on some level or another but yeah i mean just being healthy pursuing our running goals uh, is certainly something that uh, is important to me. And I know a lot of folks listening as well. Um, so you run the first, the first marathon. Um, was it, was it a, a city marathon, a road marathon, trail marathon? What was What was the first marathon experience?
0: It was a road marathon. And the Colorado marathon is hosted here in Fort Collins. Um, it's uh, a Boston qualifier. So it's, you know, it's part of the qualifying series and it's uh, actually the fastest course in the qualifying series. Cause it's down this Canyon we have here in, in Fort Collins called the Poudre Canyon, the la Poudre Canyon. And so most of it's slightly downhill. And so I thought, you know, if I'm gonna do one, I should do one where I can coast. I didn't <laughs> realize running downhill, you know, for my first marathon was gonna be more of a challenge than, uh, than I anticipated. Um, but <clears throat> it's beautiful. It runs down the canyon. You know, I was a raft guide and I kayak. And so it runs down this beautiful canyon I have a connection with. And uh, you get to see it at a much slower pace. Mm-hmm. And it's just absolutely phenomenal experience. To run, you know, 26 miles through this gorgeous, gorgeous canyon. It's in May every year, so the river's starting to flow, and uh, you know, spring is in full swing. And, and you get to the end of the race, and it's just this big party. Fort Collins is a really rambunctious town. You know, we've got New belgian Brewery and a bunch of other um, great spots, and so we're kind of famous for people drinking beer on patios. And you know, at the end of the marathon, there's free beer for everyone. And I just thought, man, this. This running thing is a lot more laid back and fun than uh, I had anticipated. It's not just, you know, spandex and, and funny sunglasses. <laughs> right. It's like drink beer, be outside, be in the outdoors. And so it, the, the whole atmosphere and culture of it really, really uh, meshed with me. And so it, it helped me continue to be interested in the sport for sure. Yeah, it's – it's I feel like that's that's the
1: key. You know, once you kind of get – immersed in a little bit of the culture, the, the community of, of running, um, man, that's, that's it for me as well, really where it kind of grabs you. And, and now it's just like, yeah, like not only do I need the running for myself, but I need like, that's my social connection. Like, like you said, that's where you met your wife. So you're know, somewhere along that, those lines, like that, that community helped you, you, uh, establish that part of, of your life as well. So it's, it's, uh, pretty, pretty awesome. Do, do you, being out, out West? Um, I know like, so I'm, I'm in central Florida for, for your reference, Paul, people that listen know that already. Uh, but I've I've said a few times where it's like, man, you know, if I lived somewhere where there was just trail crazy, like I would probably be all in on the trail running. But down here, it's it's trail running is swamp running, which is it's a nice change of pace once in a while. But it's not uh, not exactly my jam. Whereas if I live in you know near the Rockies or near the, the Appalachian Mountains or somewhere where there is a, a bit more easily accessible trail nature systems, um, I would probably be be all in on the trails. Kind of sounds to me, and, and I kind of referenced it in the in the intro. That, that you're definitely, I would assume, more of a trail guy. But do, do, you, do you tend to do more mostly trail running, mostly road running, a, a nice mix mix of both? What, what's your kind of running like these days?
0: Um, yeah, I mean, Fort Collins, for those of you who don't know, is, is on what's called the front range of Colorado. So there's a northwest access in Colorado where the mountains start, and it's basically the Great Plains – and then the mountains just jut out on the plains and, right. and then they go all the way to, you know, throughout to the to the west coast. And so, Fort Collins is right on that line. If you look to the east, it's totally flat, not a single hill. If you look to the west, it's all mountains. I live on the west side of Fort Collins, so I'm about a half a mile from my house to the trail. Mm. Um, and then the mountains start. And so I've got kind of endless trails here from my door. Uh, I, I love being out on the trail. You know, before I was a runner, I was a, a mountain biker and an avid hiker, and so, Most of my training I would say I do on the trails just because I like the challenge of of doing some hill climbs. I like being out uh, off the roads. But all my races have been on the road. Uh, It's it's more difficult than you think to find trail races. Mm. A lot of these trail systems don't put on as many races as, you know, you have your 5Ks and 10Ks around town. And so um, most of my races or all my races except for my ultra experience has been – on the road but I really like getting out on the trails you know running lets me kind of scout a trail for my when I like to go mountain biking Mm -hmm. mountain biking also does the same it lets me scout new trails that I might want to run one day Um, and so they're kind of uh, copacetic in that sense that Uh, both sports play off one another but I I, yeah I really focus on trying to get out to the trail Uh, I I love hitting the dirt Um, the road is like a necessary evil for me you know it's like you got to do it and it's good to train but uh, if there's a little spot of trail I can uh, zigzag off onto I I, I tend to to hit the dirt yeah yeah
1: that's and that seems to be again you know painting with with a a broad brush here but it's you know those that have the access where it's easy man it's 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 (laughs) Rare, rare, rare that I talk to too many folks that are like, yeah, you know, I would just rather stay on the roads than, than get on the trails. You know, if, if it's convenient and six to one half dozen the other, it seems like most, most folks, the, the little bit of trail therapy is uh, a pretty, pretty good thing. Uh, you mentioned again, the, the ultra experience. What was, what, what made you uh, kind of decide to, or what encouraged you maybe is the right way of saying, it. I don't know, maybe it's made, who knows, uh, but what got you to, to <laughs> dip your toes into the, uh, the ultra running
0: waters at least, uh, you know, once
1: or twice there uh, along the way?
0: Yeah, so um, you know, I'd done a few marathons and I wanted a a a different challenge. I wanted to try something on trail. Uh back then there weren't really any trail marathons. There are a few now out here in Fort Collins that are local. Um and I had ultimately really wanted to do a 24-hour mountain bike race. Uh there used to be one at Winter Park that was just a blast, and you get a team of four people. And you do these laps, or like ten mile laps, and so you're out there for like an hour, and then you got some downtime, and then you go do another lap. And it really was more of a party than a than a race. But people would get pretty competitive. But but that disappeared. And to, to this date, I don't know if there's any more 24 hour mountain bike races in in Colorado. I know there's a couple in surrounding states. But so I was looking, and I couldn't find one. And I found this running race, and I thought, well, you know, that could be just as fun. Let's try it out. And so I got a couple buddies that weren't really runners to, to join. We actually put two teams together. So I found eight people who wanted to try this thing. And I would say out of the eight, six of them weren't runners, but it was a six mile loop. And, uh, they all, they all agreed that they could do a couple six mile loops. And so we signed up for this race and it was the 24 hours of Laramie, which is up in Laramie, Wyoming, which is only about 45 minutes to an hour north of here in Fort Collins. And, um, It was a trail system I hadn't really spent a lot of time on, so I was like excited about that to see a new trail system that was close by, and uh, and it ended up being pretty amazing. Uh, We we pulled in, I you know I had a buddy here who had one of these big like 40 foot long trailers that he used to pull to the uh, the the Colorado State football games as his tailgating party Mm -hmm. scene type of thing. So he brought that. It had a couple barbecue grills and we brought a keg with us, and we thought you know if nothing else, we'll at least have a good time. And we started running, and uh, by about halfway through the race, we realized we're doing pretty good in this. You know, we had music jamming. We had beers flowing. A couple of race participants were complaining that we weren't taking it seriously. <laughs> and, uh, and the race director made an announcement and, because a couple people, I guess, had complained that we were up all night. And uh, he said, you know, guys, I would tell you to quiet it down. There's been some complaints. But you're winning, And so, uh, I'm going to let it go. And we ended up winning that race with one of our teams and, uh, and we set a new course record on it. And so it kind of hooked me and it was like this really fun experience. You know, my dog ran a couple laps with me. Um, at that time, my girlfriend, who's now my wife, she, she was on the team. She ran a few laps. Uh, you know, it was like, this awesome experience that that we we got to be out, we got to have fun, we competed really hard, we took it seriously, but we also had a good time and I think, you know, the, the trail mindset and the crew at Ultras tend to be a little in my in my opinion, a little more laid back than the road runners you know they're, they're more out there for the experience and uh than just their time and so people are having fun they're eating pizza instead of energy bars you know they're right. drinking beer instead of water and it's like this is kind of my my scene for sure and so i i just absolutely fell in love with the trail side of, of competitive running and, and the ultra world and um yeah it was it was great it was it was honestly, one of the best experiences I've ever had. And I, I suggest it to everyone, you know, the fun part is it was a relay. And so you do a six mile lap lap and those teams of four. So you had quite a bit of downtime, you know, two or three hours. And so you had plenty of time. It wasn't like you had to run a hundred miles straight. Uh, I ended up running, I think 38 or 40 miles, somewhere around there. And so it was a, an effort for sure, but it wasn't like forty miles straight. And so it, you, it was like an easy way to break into tra- into trail running and into ultra running for sure.
1: Yeah, there's it's it's definitely a difference when when you break up a run like that. You know, like like you said, thirty miles straight, forty miles straight. Like, you know, that's that's not not that it's easy to break that up with you know six mile chunks or five mile chunks or whatever it ends up being. But boy, you get that little bit of a break, you get the chance to sit down a little bit, maybe stretch the legs out a little bit um maybe have a, a couple slices of pizza and a, and a beer or something like that to to keep you going um and and yeah it's 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 a different a different type of challenge but a, a, you know and i don't want to say easier but boy it's 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 i feel like it, it beats you up a bit less than just running straight through
0: yeah i mean I i think you i think you're safe in saying it's a little easier it's definitely easier i mean i did a 50k race in moab as well and that was straight through mm-hmm. and um that was definitely more difficult. I mean, it, I think there's more reward in it, but uh, you know, it, there wasn't as much community, it wasn't a relay, so it's not like you're coming back to the same place and you got a bunch of people there waiting for you. Uh, it's a little more introspective and, and you're out there on your own. But uh, I, I think both are great experiences and for people that want to get into ultra racing, doing one of these relays is a really fun way to do it. I think what's cool about the relays is, at least this one, you do a lap clockwise and the next person has to go counterclockwise. And so at one point, all the racers are passing each other multiple times. So you're never out on the trail by yourself. You don't really know what place you're in because no one's in front of anyone because you're constantly changing directions. And so it felt more like a a really fun community based race, uh, than just like a solo journey through the woods for 20 hours. And so it's a great way I think for people to start and, and dabble a little bit in both trail running and, and, you know, longer distance mileage. Um, and so I, I say, go for it. I think anyone that runs at all can do one of these, these relay 24 hour races. Uh, they're, they're awesome. They're super fun.
1: Yeah. It's, it's, it sounds like fun. I don't, I don't know. I mean, I've, I've certainly heard of 24 hour races, but I'm not sure that I've heard of, uh, uh, I'm, I'm
0: probably just haven't looked into the the relay
1: side of things, but that would be fun. You get, get three or four, five people together and just go out and and have a good time. And, and, and yeah. And then you have that kind of home base where you have a bunch of other teams hanging out as well. Like that would be, that would be a pretty cool experience.
0: Well, you know, what else is cool about it is, you know, like if you do a traditional race, like a marathon, they usually have a 5k, a 10k and a half. Mm -hmm. You don't see any of those other people. Most of those races all start at the same time, different starting places. What was cool about this, uh, you know, these relay races in the Ultra World is like there was a 24 hour class and a 12 hour class. There were solo racers, there were two person teams, and four person teams. And so, like, a four person 24 hour team is racing against a solo 12 hour runner or a solo 24 hour runner. And so, there's all sorts of different classes of athletes, people having different amounts of fun. Uh, It's really cool because they're all running the same trail. You're passing each other all the time. And so, it's never like, the, you know, the elite pro athletes out in front, you never see them, you see them every lap and you're just like constantly in awe and you get motivation because you see these people that are either always passing you or they look like they're not struggling and maybe you are. Uh, and so it's, uh, it's pretty cool to see and do a race with where everyone is kind of on the same playing field.
1: Yeah. And that's certainly one of those things that, uh, separates or uh, maybe not separates, but uh, that, that in my mind elevates running above a lot of other sports where, you know, you might be a, a, a really good golfer, but you like, you're probably never going to be on the golf course with, you know, Tiger Woods or Ricky Fowler or whoever, you know, whoever the, 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 best of the best are that might be at that, at that tournament versus yeah. Running something like this. I mean, yeah, you're going, you're, you're constantly passing or going against, uh, you know, passing, passing, uh, on the trail, you know, some of these, these really great runners and, you know, get a, get a high and a, a high five and you might run into them at the aid station as well. If the, if you both happen to be at the, at the spot at the same time, like the, the access is really, really cool.
0: Yeah, I agree. I think that's, I think it's awesome. I, I, you know, the running community is really, really, uh, open community. I think it's awesome. Certainly. And, and you get no,
1: no arguments from, from anybody listening. I don't think so. Shifting gears a little bit, Paul, run, run, repeat, uh, something that I, I feel like I've, I've stumbled upon here and there over the, over the years, but never really, you know, taking, taking a deep look at what y'all do and, and what's going on uh, on the website and, and what y'all's mission is. So could you tell me a little bit more about what, what y'all do over at runrepeat.com?
0: Sure. Yeah. Um, so Run Repeat's about five years old now. Uh, we are the largest athletic footwear review site on the web. And so our main goal is to review shoes, uh, athletic shoes, Obviously, we started with running, that's our biggest category, but we've got hiking shoes, we've got climbing, you know, other sports, we've got soccer cleats, it's basically any athletic footwear. Uh, And our goal is to compile as much information about any pair of shoes that's currently for sale. Uh, And so the user can get all that information real quickly. So what we do is we aggregate reviews, both from users and expert testers, uh, and then we create a pros-cons list of why that shoe is good and why that shoe maybe isn't the right shoe for someone um and then we we score a shoe from zero to 100 on what's called our core score and so the user can come to our site and look at a pair of shoes they might be interested in and in about 30 seconds they can read the pros and cons list and look at its score from zero to 100 and decide is this a good shoe for me or not uh and what we see the value in that is you know if you're going to read like some of these we even post how many reviews we read and how long it took us to to read those reviews some of these popular models, will read over 1,000 reviews, or over 2,000 reviews, take 20, 30 hours to read all those reviews and boil that down into this uh, real quick and easy to digest pros and cons list. And so we really, our goal is to save the consumer time in their research and be able to compare shoes on a apples to apples basis using our course core system. Uh, and then the second part of what we do is we affiliate with about 250 retail partners to make sure that users can find the best price for the shoe they're looking for. You know, stocking shoes is really hard. It's a really challenging thing for retailers. You know, there's ten different sizes, there's men's and women's, there's four different color skews and then there's two or three different widths. And so to stock all that's really hard, and so what we do is we uh, we partner with retailers to make sure we find the shoe size, color, and model that people are looking for, and then we scan the web for you to get you the best price so people don't have to spend time looking at a bunch of different retail sites. Gotcha,
1: gotcha. Um, certainly a, a, a useful resource, especially within the running community, obviously, because running shoes, I mean, that's, that's always a topic of conversation. Um, I'm curious if if there's a functionality or, or if there's an ability – um, because I know one of the biggest frustrations that I've had, and, and certainly as a coach and as somebody who talks to runners on a regular basis, whether it's the athletes I coach or just, you know, again, social media, whatever the case might be, where somebody has a model of shoes and they are the shoes. They, they are perfect. They, they've been using them. No problems, no issues. And then inevitably, whether it's this year, next year, at some point along the line, the shoe manufacturer comes out with, you know, the 2.0 or the, the 3.0 or whatever, the next the next model of the shoe they make some little tweak and all of a sudden that shoe that that has been perfect for this individual runner is no longer uh, checking all the boxes like it used to. So to set up the question then at, at run repeat do you have the ability to go I love XYZ shoe model 1.0. Is there a, a way to go what are shoes that are very similar to this so that I can I can maybe you know check across brands or a different a different uh, style that is, is similar to this shoe that I know and love, but I can't get anymore.
0: Yeah. So that's a great question. And I think that that's a definite thing we've heard from users a lot. So, so we do have a feature that's very useful in that regard. First off, we keep any shoe live that still has stock and is being sold. Um, and so if you have that model 1.0 and it's still being sold at one of our retailers, Um, even if it's a small retailer, you know, in Des Moines, Iowa, that maybe has that shoe still in stock online, uh, we can help people find that model. But then we also compare if you liked whatever version of that shoe or model was, we do pull in auto comparisons with very similar shoes, shoes that have had similar reviews, similar use, uh, as the model that you're interested in. And so it's a really easy way to say, you know, I liked the gel Keanu one and now uh what should i buy i think it's a really good tool for users to to peruse what shoe is going to be right for them um and i you know ultimately i don't want to be too promotional but i would tell your listeners Check out Run Repeat next time you buy shoes. I think you'll be surprised. We tend to save people quite a bit of money because we can find the best deal. But also, the most important part about buying shoes online is that they fit right and they, they perform to your needs. Buying shoes online is really hard. When, when the first people decided to sell shoes online, all the investors of those companies thought, these people are crazy, you can't buy shoes online. Uh, you have to try them on. And so what we're really trying to do is give people all the information that they might need to make sure that the shoe they buy online is the right shoe when it shows up for them. And so I think that's a challenge. You know, there's this crazy statistic, the average uh, American buys seven pairs of shoes a year. And so that's not just athletic shoes, that's casual shoes and, and work shoes, but people have a lot of shoes. And so you want to make sure you're buying the right shoe uh, right off the bat.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And, and uh, you know, seven shoes at one hand it's like wow that's a lot but then I, I think about myself and and uh some of the the folks that i know that that run a lot and like yeah seven shoes seven pairs of shoes per year like that's uh that might be right about what it what it takes to to turn and burn through through the year depending on what shoes you're getting and, and how uh how hard you beat them up when you're running so so yeah but but you're right getting the right shoe that's that's the name of the game and and what's what's right for one may not be right for the other so you know being able to do that research and find that the you know if you have something that's similar to what you or that, that you like Finding something similar is probably going to save you a lot of headache down the road.
0: Yeah, for sure. I, yeah, we agree. And, you know, we're always trying to iterate on that, but our goal is to help you find the right shoe. And if they don't sell that one that you loved. what's the next best model that's going to compare to it? That's, that's one of our, our big goals. Right, right. Yeah, because I'm, I'm, a, I'm a mostly a zero-drop kind of guy. I've been running in ultras for for years.
1: And uh, every once in a while, it's like, oh, let me let me look for something else. And then it's like, oh, if you like this, you might like this. And it's like some you know fourteen millimeter drop. And I'm like, yeah, no, I'm not I'm not gonna like that. Like it's <laughs> totally <laughs> you know. And so so having that ability to, to really cross compare uh, at least something close would be would be super you know it's super functional. So I'll definitely have to check that out next time I'm I'm in the market. So um you know run repeat set up to be this this shoe aggregator for athletic shoes across all all different types of sports. Primarily focus, or maybe not primarily, but you know, a heavy focus on running, other things as well. Uh, but also some articles, some some really good articles, and, and uh, you know, obviously leading into the state of ultra running, this this big in depth report uh, analysis that, uh, that that y'all have, have come uh, you know put together recently. Um, what what kind of was was the uh, impetus to to kind of dive deep into the numbers, into the the stats, if you will, of uh, ultra running, and really do a deep dive into into so many runners, so many races, so many results, uh, you know, to kind of kick off the year.
0: Yeah, so we, um, you know, we do a lot of these kind of articles. So we have a whole team here at Run Repeat that's focused on writing uh, sports-based uh, content that really doesn't directly connect to us trying to help consumers buy the right shoe. We, we're just a bunch of data nerds. We're a bunch of sports fanatics. We like to, to dive in deep into the sports we love. And so we, uh, you know, we've got a whole team that we write articles, and you know, our founder's been really open and supportive with this um, for us to spend a ton of time and energy writing in-depth data pieces, uh, you know, in-depth guides, things like that on, on a variety of different sports. And the state of ultra running was something that I was really interested in. Earlier in 2019, we had published a, uh, a state of running, which looked at uh, 5K, 10K, half marathon, and marathon and we had partnered with the IAF on that, and we, uh, we actually went to China and presented it last year at the World Running Summit, and um, it was a big hit. Everyone was really excited about it, and so the wheels started turning in my head and thought, you know, this would be really cool to look at ultra um, and see what's going on in that particular part of the sport, because what we found out in the state of running was that traditional running distances, uh, participation in those races has actually has been in decline over the past couple years. Mm-hmm. But we kept feeling like there's something in ultra running going on that that is seen in, uh, an increase in participation. And so we wanted to separate out that data. Um, and the findings were pretty amazing. I mean, we looked at over 5 million results from the last 23 years. Uh, it was over 15,000 races. And what we found is that uh, at, over those 23 years, participation in ultras has had, actually increased over 1,600%. Um, 23 years ago, worldwide participation was like at 34,000. And uh, in 2018, it was just over 600,000 yearly participations. And so, uh, you know, the the trend on ultra running has seen strong growth, even while traditional participation in uh, traditional Distances is seeing a slight decline, and so it's really a testament to the people who are interested in ultra running that uh, they're still seeing uh, a growth trend, while uh, you know other distances are seeing a decline.
1: Obviously, you know, looking at the data, it's hard to to always figure out the causations. But um, do, do you have any idea why the ultra running has has really blown up so much, as opposed to like you said, other you know? More quote unquote traditional distances have of, of kind of either flatlined or even seen a, a slight dip. Any idea why the, the numbers are trending up like
0: they are in the in the world of ultras? Yeah, you know we've got a couple assumptions. Um, you know, obviously we're we're publishing the findings of this and we're we're trying not to put too many reasons behind mm-hmm. the findings. But I think we have some assumptions that we're happy to talk about. And you know, I think one of them personally is that people are continually looking for the next bigger challenge. I mean, when we look at the trend lines. Um, of traditional distance races the steeper declines are in 5k 10k and half marathon marathon hasn't really declined a ton um, it's more flattened out but uh ultras are like the next step so if you try 5k there's like a progression you know you try 5k maybe you like running you try 10k and then you're ready for a half marathon and, and then finally you check off that bucket list of the marathon run and after that you, you think to yourself okay like what's next do i do another marathon do i try to go for Boston qualifier, do I do a longer distance, do I try Ultra? And I think Ultra is in that sweet spot right now that uh, it's like the next superlative in the running world. It's something that people want to check off on their bucket list. Uh, They tend to take you to really cool, unique places. A lot of these Ultra runs tend to be... Uh, trail runs, um, and they tend to be really challenging. And so it, it, it hits both people in that um, they want something that's more challenging, but they want something that's more unique as well. You know, uh, this is a personal assumption, and maybe there's no bias in this, but there's also this big push in, the, like, the Instagram social media culture these days you know, and taking your picture at the end of a half marathon isn't as exciting as taking your picture 50 miles into, you know, an ultra run on top of a mountain. And so I think that there's some ego also involved in being able to say you've done an ultra run. Um, but ultimately I just think, you know, there's, uh, there's an interest in doing something that's the next hardest thing and and ultra kind of fits that need for, for people in the running world.
1: Yeah. It's, it's definitely, definitely the next thing for, for a lot of folks. And, and, uh, something that, that, uh, I feel like some folks kind of get their, their, um, you know, get their taste of it. And then like, that's it. Like, like, as in I'm not going back, like this is, this is what I love to have. And some people kind of, you know, maybe it's the opposite direction where it, like, yeah, all right, I've done it, but I'm, I'm going to stick to the quote unquote shorter distances like the marathon, which always makes me laugh when the marathon is considered a shorter distance. Um, but, but did you, did you find anything or, or, um, and, and maybe this is something that you, I didn't—I didn't really notice it when I skimmed through the the, the results. But anything as far as like repeat participation, is, is something that where, um, like you said, people are trying the next biggest thing? But do they tend to really stick with it? Is that part of the growth as well?
0: Yeah. So that's actually something that's really interesting in the growth of ultras is uh, ultra races are actually ultra runners are the most we call it obsessed. So that was our obsession metric. Okay. They're the most obsessed runners out there, meaning. That ultra runners sign up for more races a year than any other distance. Uh, they're they're uh, they're almost on par. 5K is fairly close, so 5 5K runners tend to sign up for multiple races a year as well. But then ultra runners are the next group in that category that sign up for the most multiple races in a year, uh, showing that once you do an ultra run, we think you know the assumption is that you kind of get addicted to it. You get attached. It's something that becomes something you want to do more of. Also, once you trained for an ultra run and you've done one, you're in that shape, so it's fairly easy then to sign up for a second or third one that year. Uh, but the numbers show that many more people are signing up for multiple ultra runs in a year than they are for a marathon, or a half marathon, or even a 10K, and so uh, it's really interesting. And, and so not only are more people signing up for multiple uh, ultra marathons in a year, but also that number of the percentage of people signing up for multiple ultras has continued to grow. So from the beginning of our data set back in 96, only 14% of ultra runners participated in a second race or a third race per year. And uh, in 2018, over 41% of ultra runners participated in more than one race. Um, and that, 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 number continues to climb as we look at people who participated in more than two races, that went up from 7% in 96 to over 24, almost 25% of people run more than two races. And then even at three or more races, it went up from 2.8% in 96 to almost 10% in 2018. And so ultra runners are running more races uh, per year. uh, And that percentage of those people who run multiple races is continuing to grow so the, the ultra runners tend to be a bit more obsessive about the sport and i think that's a, a real sticking point to why the sport has grown so quickly
1: and, and again i don't know if this is something that that you covered or at least noticed or not as well but just just curious while we're kind of on the subject of, of such rapid growth in the last uh you know 10 plus years 20 years of, of looking at the data set um have have you seen a, a big num a big increase, or do you know of a big increase in the number of races? Because uh, I feel like that was an issue that a lot of the road races had in the last kind of big road road running bubble, where it was like all of a sudden all these races were popping up, and they were almost eating themselves because they couldn't get enough runners because there were so many options. Are, are we seeing an increase in, in ultra distance races as well?
0: Yeah, we don't have that specific number. We uh, we didn't publish it because it's a basic assumption. Right. But yes, there's there's many more races, but there's also a lot more participation in the established races. And so there's been significant growth in the number of people that are signing up for established races while new races are still being uh popping up left and right. And so there's opportunity all over the place for people to sign up for an ultra race. And and to be honest, uh there's probably more demand than there is uh product. I think that there's probably room for more ultra races. Uh and in the US I think we struggle a little bit with um getting the permitting to run these ultra races because they tend to want to be in national parks or they want to be in BLM land or wilderness areas. And so I think, uh, as permitting uh, begins to be more of a challenge, I think that's going to be the next frontier is where are we running these ultra races? Do we do more road ultra races that are easier to permit? Mm -hmm. Uh, because I think there's more people that want to try these races than we actually have races for them to try. And so I think it'll continue to grow. Uh, it's not saturated by any means at this point. Gotcha. Gotcha. Um, lots of, of,
1: you know, great data, obviously. I mean, y'all, y'all went deep and there's, there's so many different, uh, different things in here and, and stats and, and, numbers and, and no way we can get to all of them. So I'm certainly going to encourage everybody to go check out the, the article that's, that's published on run repeat. And again, we got the link in the show notes for today. Um, but, but curious for you, Paul, when, when you went into, to, you know, collecting the data, when you're thinking about this project and, and starting to put it together, um, were there any major, um, I don't know if assumptions is the right word, but things that you thought going into it that, that the data just did not prove out or prove the exact opposite. Any, any big surprises that you had when you started looking at the numbers?
0: You know, one of the big surprises and I think one of the key findings um, was that uh, it, the data actually shows that women at, at, a, at a certain distance actually become, on average, faster than men in ultra racing. There's been a lot of articles over the years about women being uh, better at ultra-endurance-type sports. Uh, there's some physiological reasons behind it. Um, there's some, uh, but there's also some data that we show that the average pace has, has, has really evened out. So you know, at the 5K level, men are about 18% faster than women on average. And that gender gap continues to get smaller and smaller as distance gets longer. So at 10 K it gets smaller again at half marathon and marathon and at a hundred mile race. So at a hundred mile ultra men are only about 0.25% faster. And we wanted to look where do women, if ever actually get faster than men. And the number is at 195 miles, which is a really long race. (laughs) There's not a lot of people doing those distances, but we wanted to see if it ever happened. And statistically at 195 miles, uh, women are actually 0.6% faster on average than men. Uh, and so there's a bunch of different ways to interpret this data. Um, and there's a bunch of different reasons why this is happening. Uh, one of the assumptions obviously is that at that distance, there's much more men running those races than women. Mm-hmm. And the smaller number of women that are running those kind of distances tend to be, pro athletes or elite level athletes. Uh, And so their average pace tends to be faster than the larger cohort of men that does still have some participatory uh, runners, You know, guys that are just running the race for the experience, but maybe they're not pros. Mm -hmm. Obviously they're elite athletes, but they're not getting paid for it possibly. And so that's one uh, assumption there, but ultimately it does show that at a certain distance and even at 100 miles, men and women are really on an even playing field. You know, we've seen in the past year or two some women as outright winners Mm -hmm. of these ultra races, which is fantastic. Uh, and the data kind of supports that, that like, you know, you don't see a lot of outright women winners at five and 10 K races, but at 50 mile, hundred mile, women have a real good opportunity to compete at, at the same level as everyone else uh, that's competing. And so I think that was a really surprising result. Uh, uh, and something that I, I'm really excited to, to look further into as, as you know, time goes on and, and as we continue to track what's happening in the ultra world.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's crazy. And, and just, you know, it's, it's still kind of hard for me to wrap my head around just running that, that far anyway, and then running that hard for that long. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's definitely interesting information and, and interesting data. And I was, I was going to, I don't know if push back was the right word, but just kind of curious that, that, you know, you get out to that 195 mile, you know, 200 mile distance where the women start to be on average a little bit faster. I was wondering if it was kind of one of those where the data set's so small that it's hard to, to, you know, like, is it, is it significant enough of a data set? But you, I mean, you kind of answered that that yeah, it's, it's a small number there, but still it's, it's an interesting finding for
0: sure. Yeah. And you're right. I mean, I think that there's, that's an obvious thing to push back on the data at that distance is really small. Um, and again, we're, we're not saying that, uh, that women are faster than men. We're saying that the average woman is faster than the average man at that distance. And so even though the data set is small, we can still average those paces and, and see what's happening. And I think it's something interesting to be aware of, um, you know, that, that these limitations really break down uh, across gender and, and age. You know, we kind of found the same thing with age. Like a lot of people across the age spectrum run at the same pace at these ultras. And so there's really uh, an even playing field for people who want to delve into these longer distance races uh, to, to possibly have a chance to be a top finisher.
1: Yeah, certainly. Uh, one thing that, that kind of stood out to me and, and I don't know, maybe this might be where we start to really kind of wrap things up, but it's, it's still an interesting finding is that the pace has gotten overall pace. Uh, and correct me if I'm, if I'm using the wrong words here, I'm trying to, to choose the words right correctly. Uh, but the overall average pace has slowed down rather dramatically. Um, over the the you know almost twenty five years of of the data set that you have, um, which which to me says that that just means that you know maybe back in in you know ninety six ninety seven the early days of of the data you know is mostly the hardcore. Um, whether you want to call them, I mean, I guess I would call them elite, but, but really the, the real fast trail runners, uh, of the day. And now because it's open to so many more people, so many more, more folks are doing it where it's not just all the, the, uh, the people that are out there just, just, you know, getting after it, um, has, has brought the the average pace down. Um, is, is that kind of, you know, the reason for that or, or what's, what's your take on, um, the average pace slowing down by, uh, whatever it is a minute and 41 seconds as I'm looking at the numbers here, uh, over the, you know, since 96 to, to today.
0: Yeah. um, You know, this is a trend that we're seeing across all distances. So we're seeing this at 5K, 10K, half marathon, marathon, ultra running. Uh, The average pace is getting slower. And and a big part of this is that uh, as new people come into the sport, a lot of people are looking at these sports, especially ultra running, more as a participatory event Mm -hmm. rather than a competitive event. And so people are signing up because they want to try one. Maybe they're not elite Professional athletes Maybe they're fit enough To do a race Or they've done a marathon And they want to try one And this is the next step And so You're always going to see A slight slowdown uh, In In The average time Of a specific distance As More of the general population Gets into the sport And it's less Those fringe fanatics That Mm -hmm. are hardcore Um, And so But what's interesting Is that It's a a pretty big slowdown Like you said It's slowed down A minute 41 That's about 15% Since 96 Um and, and again, I think this really goes to show that ultra running is becoming slightly more mainstream. It's not just for the hardcore uh, fringe trail runners anymore. It's for people who want to try one. And uh, you know, it's not, it's also not, for people that are maybe focused on their finish time it's focusing on the experience of it and so you know they might walk a lot more they just want to finish altogether. finishing is their goal not their time and so that all leads to uh this finding uh of being 15 percent slower than they were 20 years ago gotcha gotcha um like like we said a couple times here guys lots of
1: lots of information here if you want to kind of dive deep on some more numbers and 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 see some some pretty uh eye-opening I think maybe is one way to say it some of the, the 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 data plotted out on graphs and just you know uh the the spikes and the numbers and and all that that stuff we'll have that linked up in the show notes uh, Paul as, as we're wrapping up curious to know um kind of where where do you go from here with the data is it something you're gonna you guys are gonna continue to track is it something that um you kind of maybe let it go for a few years and then look back into it maybe in 2025 and, and see how things have changed for there or, or kind of what, what do you kind of do with all this information now going forward
0: so um, that's a great question. I think you know we the last year in our data set was 2018. We kind of wrote this through the later part of 2019, and we didn't want to include a partial year as all the data wasn't in. And so I think at some point we'll probably update this uh, in 2020 to include the 2019 data. Uh, we want to see what the trends are continuing to do. Um, I think we'll continue to update this. I think it's something update this. I think it's something that's really interesting to me personally, but also to our readers. Uh, You know, our our goal is to be on the on the pulse of what's happening in all these sports. And so, you know, between this and our state of running piece, I think we've got a pretty good grasp and look at uh, what's going on from 5K all the way up to ultra. And so I think we'll we'll continue to, to push out new findings. You know, we've got another piece about this obsession that we talked about uh, coming out here shortly. So it's a follow up piece that we wanted to look a little further on the obsession of runners. And so we've got some data on 5k, 10k, half marathon, marathon, and ultras. And so that'll come out here in the next week or two. And so we'll, we'll I think we'll continue building on this data because the findings are so interesting.
1: Yeah, it certainly is, and certainly looking forward to uh, kind of continue to see. Uh, you know what, what trends and statistics and things that that y'all pull out of it. So thank you for, for sharing it. So one last question for you, Paul. That's kind of less on the on the, the state of ultra running. Just kind of kind of back to, to general, uh, well not not in general. To back to you specifically and your running, um, Paul. But curious to know, just kind of as, as we're wrapping up today, um, why, why do you why do you keep getting out there? Why do you keep getting after it? Like kind of, again shifting back to you and and, and your running life. Um, why is running still such an important part of it? Obviously professionally, but also something that you enjoy doing on a regular basis as well. You know,
0: that's a great question. Um, I think once you get into running, it kind of gets into your bones, gets into your blood. It like becomes this thing that uh, without it, you feel like, you feel, it's almost like an addiction. It's like, without it, you feel withdrawal. And uh, for me, you know, I like to continually challenge myself. I like to be outside. I like to get away from the computer. I like to get away from my phone. and and away from technology. And running is real simple, you know? It's like the lowest barrier of entry sport there is. You need a pair of shoes and off you go. And uh, anyone can do it with the shoes they own. You know, you don't need to buy special shoes to go running. Um, That's the greatest part. Anyone, you know, everyone listening can lace up whatever kind of gym shoes they've got and they can get outside and, and go enjoy the sport. You know, for me, it's meditative. I uh, I really get introspective on my runs. I don't listen to music anymore when I'm running. I like to, you know, listen to the peace and quiet. Uh, I like to listen to nature. And, uh, you know, with all the crazy things going on in life, you know, a lot of people feel overwhelmed. I know I do a lot. You know, a lot of people battle depression. Uh, I think running's one of those things that can be meditative and it can be an escape. And, uh, and it's healthy, you know, it's good for you. You know, I once heard, you know, my first marathon I saw, you know, this guy who was running and he had to have been in his eighties or nineties. And I talked to him at the start line and I was just so impressed that he was doing this. I was in my early twenties and I was scared I wasn't going to finish. And he, uh, you know, he said to me something along the lines of, you know, you don't get old, you don't stop running because you get old, you get old because you stop running. And so, you know, I keep running because it keeps me active and, uh, it helps me focus. It helps me clear my mind. And, uh, you know, I, I, I don't want to get old and stop running. You know, I want to continue running into, uh, my, my latter years. And so, yeah, I just, um, it's, an, it's, like I said, it gets in your, gets in your blood somehow and I, and I just love it. Yeah. I, I, uh,
1: Certainly not in my head. I'm sure others are as well. So I'm not going to try to talk over that because that's a great way to, to wrap things up. So thank you for that, Paul. Once again, guys, runrepeat.com is the website. We'll have the link to the uh, the state of ultra running in the show notes as well. Disruns.com slash 816. we got some photos there, links, the whole nine yards as well. Disruns.com slash 816. So, uh, Paul, thank you for uh, for taking the time today. Thanks for sharing some of your, uh, your findings and your data. And, and like I said, looking forward to kind of seeing what... Uh, y'all continue to to put out and uh you know next time there's some type of big study or whatever let let us know come back on we'll talk about it some more as well but again thank you for the time today and and wish you guys nothing but the best going forward
0: for sure thanks for having me i appreciate it and uh for all you guys listening out there you know if you have questions my email's at the bottom of the study so feel free to reach out i'm uh more than happy to chat with anyone one-on-one so uh have a good one and thanks for listening all right
1: Guys, thank you so much for taking the time to listen to today's episode of the show. Hope you enjoyed the conversation between Paul and myself. And as per usual, be curious to know what stood out to you from today's episode. What was what was your takeaway from today's conversation? Was it some stats, some numbers, something that uh, Paul happened to say or mention along the way? For me, it was definitely the latter. And it was right there towards the end when Paul was talking about how, um, you know, we've we kind of don't necessarily stop running because we get old. We get old because we stop running. And that's something that I feel like I've heard mentioned before. I feel like I've heard that talking to my neighbor. If you remember back to to last year, I I interviewed Bobby Krim, who's I think 88 now, 89, something like that. Still out there running. I saw him just the other day out running laps around the the neighborhood in the morning. Um, But you know, he's obviously uh, up in years. He's been running for, gosh, I don't know, 40 years, something like that and uh, a big part of why he's still as healthy as he is. Certainly he's slowed down. Certainly running doesn't look for him, you know, at, at 88, 89, like it did when he was 50. Uh, just like I imagine that now, you know, I'm 38 now. Uh, I can't imagine that running is going to look the same for me in, in, 20 or 30 years from now, but the moral of the story stays the same, that I have every intention of continuing to run on a regular basis until, uh, until I can't anymore. And, and by I can't anymore, I mean, until I put me in the ground and I start shoveling the dirt, if you know what I'm saying. So, um, you know, I just, I just, it's something that I, I just believe in. I just believe that our bodies were made to move. Whether that's running, whether that eventually turns into more, you know, less impact something, cycling or swimming or things like that, doesn't matter. Uh, I just feel like our bodies were made to move. And, you know, like Paul said, you know, you, you don't stop running because you get old. You get old because you stop running. I feel like once once we stop moving, once we stop being active, and, and you know, the type of activity maybe doesn't matter as much, but you know, obviously we're runners, so we like, we like running, right? Uh, but once once you stop moving, Man, that's when things really start to fall apart from our health perspective, from our body perspective, how our bodies work, how our bodies function. And so, you know, my takeaway from from today is just is just that reminder that that you know, even now, even at 38 years old, or however old you are, whether you're you're 25, 45, 65, where or, or or even on the, the farther ends of of the spectrum, we need to be, keep moving. We just need to keep moving. That's the best thing for our our health the best thing for our mental health physical health spiritual health emotional health that's just the best thing for us all the way around as far as i'm concerned and uh you know just just when he's when paul said that today about how you know you don't stop running because you get old you get old because you stop running it was just it just reinforced in me the the desire the plan that i have to just keep moving keep running until literally till i stop (laughs) literally till i stop uh just going to keep running, keep moving, keep doing my thing. And, uh, just want to encourage you to do the same. So that was my takeaway, a, a little bit more introspective than usual, but, uh, something that I got a feeling that I'm not the only one that kind of thinks the same way. So that's my takeaway. But what about you? Even if we agree, let me know, let me know. We agree on the takeaway from today's episode, or if we have something different, if, if something different stood out to you, let me know that as well. At this on Twitter at DizRuns on Instagram. Of course you can send an email as well. This at gmail.com. And last but not least, you can head over to the show notes for today. Uh, leave your, leave your thoughts and feedbacks down in the comment section below. But first, before you get down to the bottom of the page, check out the links, check out the photos, certainly check out the link back to the state of ultra running, uh, article study that they did. Um, it's good. It's in depth. But anyway, the link back to the show notes, once again, com slash 816. Check that all out. Leave your thoughts, feedbacks, comments, and takeaways as well. And uh, with that, we'll go ahead and start to wrap this one up. Don't forget, uh, disruns.com slash head sweats is the link to, to step up your hat game, your visor game, your your apparel game this year. Uh, get yourself something cool. Be on the lookout for something disruns related. I'll, I'll also let you know of that as well. And, uh, you know, in all seriousness, obviously using that link supports me, but, but save yourself some money as well using the, uh, the coupon code, uh, disruns 35 disruns 35 at checkout. Uh, and until next time, please be well, take care. Thank you again for listening. If you like this one, tell a friend. All right. And, uh, take care of yourselves. All right. Talk soon. See you guys.